Mmm, that's good. Welcome to Digital Coffee, where I give you everything you need to know about tech, plus my own opinions, because sometimes we all need some opinions to be heard, sought after, whatever it is you want. But I'm your host, Brett Dyster, and let's get on with the show. All right, it looks like Comcast is being, once again, the worst company in America, because they can't help themselves but being the worst company in America. So, it looks like Comcast uh, gigabit or gigabytes per second or their really fast internet is a little too expensive when it's not around the non-Google Fiber markets. That means that in Google Fiber markets, it's one price. In non-Google Fiber markets, it's another price. And it's more expensive that way as well. So, uh, what you get is you get, instead of $70 that you could actually get with the... Google Fiber Markets, you get, oh, $140 or $300 for the 2 gigabyte per second, but it's $140 for the 1 gigabyte per second. So it's a little weird. Now, you can kind of jump through hoops and find the $70 price, especially in, like, let's say Chicago, but it takes quite a while to get to it. They don't really advertise it, so it's kind of like they're wanting you to jump through hoops. Now, I've said it before, I've said it again, Comcast is the worst they have proven themselves to be the worst time and time again, and they never actually try to, you know, stop being the worst. So I don't really understand why they keep on doing this, and maybe we should all tweet the FCC to actually, or the FTC as well, all of them, to go look at what they're doing, because what they're doing is price gouging, and that's technically kind of illegal to actually do. But once again, this is Comcast. The only thing they actually do really well is to be stupid and, well, just bad business people. Like, they think they won't get caught doing this. They're like, ah, no, no one's ever going to figure this out. Oh, they've, they've figured it out. Well, we're just going to keep it anyways because who cares? We're going to get more money this way. And so people that may not be able to, that may want faster internet, may not be able to afford it, may have to fork over something, some extra money that they didn't really want to spend and it's 140 bucks for one gigabyte per second is quite expensive especially when you have to factor in that they are going to put place data caps on you as well lame lame comcast you should be ashamed of yourself i still don't like you and i will never like you until you change your behavior which is never that's how it is all right, Twitter is in the news because it has finally brought out a dark mode. Now, a dark mode, what it does is it's supposed to help when, let's say, you're gonna about to go to sleep and you want to check your Twitter. It'll be easier on the eyes. It won't be that white light, and you're like, ah, I don't want to run to this light. I want to run away. My face, it keeps on turning away. Uh, but it basically changes it to the white to more of a dark uh, gray. Uh, there's still a little bit blue, so... I'm wondering if they just get rid of the blue light a little bit too, just to help. Uh, but the text turns white, so it's a lot easier on the eyes, especially when you're trying to go to bed. Uh, now, now, it's going to actually be on both, uh, so you can get actually get both on uh, iOS and Android. So woohoo! Because it originally was only reported that it was only for iOS, but now um, you can get it for both. So that's awesome that you can get dark mode. Um, just have to go into the options menu and kind of fiddle with it a bit. But it's it's not going to be that hard. They usually don't 
make those that hard to find. Uh, it's not like Comcast trying to find the seventy dollar actual, you know, price for the, you know, good internet but not so expensive internet, because apparently Comcast internet is above everybody else. It's so so good. It's like rich people drinking their tea, and it's so good. Or wine connoisseurs drinking their wine, and it's really not that good. Comcast is bleh. They made a wine, but just bleh. Anyways, moving on. All right, uh, Samsung is going to be shutting down the Milk Music Service. Yes. It, once again, Samsung has proven that they make apps nobody really wants to, you know, use. I mean, Milk came on the scene. It was actually pretty cool. People, a lot of tech people liked it. It said it was cool, but no one used it because you had a myriad of other spots to actually listen to music like Spotify, Apple Music, Google Play Music, uh, Pandora, Radio for a while, but that shut down as well. So in a statement uh, for Milk Music, they said, well, nobody is really using this as much. We're not really getting, well, we're not, we're not getting the traction that we thought we could see. So we're going to be ending it. So yes, they will be ending it, the service. So if you are one of those people that, uh, well, that really liked it, you're just going to be switched over to Slacker Music instead. So, so sorry. So, so sorry. It's shutting down. Uh, so get the most out of it as much as you can. Uh, but next month, it's it's gone. It's bye-bye. Bye, Milk Music. We, we don't want you because no one uses you. All right. There's been a couple acquisitions going around. Apple has acquired Glimpse that allows people to uh, look at their medical records up and also upload documents and pictures if they want to as well. And the reason why Apple acquired them is simple. They have been trying to get their um, health kit you know, into people's hands and for people to uh, use it in different ways and help medical patients as well, especially with complicated procedures with complicated ways of a post-op or post-operation. Uh, so this is the way for them to, you know, kind of shore up that and, you know, make it a lot better. Uh, so they acquired them. Uh, it was kind of a little bit quietly. You didn't really hear much about it, but they did acquire uh, Glimpse. So it should be interesting to see how they implement it. But it looks like the team may, because we don't really know quite yet, may go over to Apple. But Glimpse is shutting down for what it is currently but it is it is a smart acquisition for apple just because of their uh wanting to get into the health industry in this type of way but most of the big tech companies are doing it google's doing it microsoft's doing it and apple's doing it as well i heard much from facebook but don't be surprised because facebook likes to copy copy everybody <laughs> still making fun of them and microsoft acquired somebody as well today they acquired genie which is a company that uses artificial intelligence to schedule meetings for you. So if it sees that you have these meetings at the same time over and over again, it will automatically schedule it for you. So they are ceasing operations as well, uh, and it will probably be implemented into Outlook more than likely, but probably filtered in through the rest of the Office suite, just like Sunrise, which I'm sad that they're gone, uh, has been, you know, brought into them as well yeah that's uh, that was very sad i like sunrise and microsoft was like nope we're not gonna 
have this standalone app anymore. They're going with us. Um, and uh, one of the other smaller um, app companies that did email went to Outlook as well. Outlook is a lot better than it has been before. Uh, just because of the acquisitions that, has, that they have made, uh, they've just been doing a lot better with Outlook. Because Outlook for a while used to be the joke of <laughs> email services. Everybody, everybody hated <laughs> Outlook. They would go, why don't you just go to Gmail or some other um, mail service as well? Uh, but like I said, Outlook has been doing better. But AI startups are hot item right now. A lot of tech companies are buying them up because... It's either that or make your own, and usually people don't want to build that infrastructure because it takes a while. But to date, this has been another acquisition. LinkedIn also, I mean, not LinkedIn, they Microsoft acquired LinkedIn uh, for billions of dollars. So we should, we should, it should be interesting to see if when that transaction goes through and what it will look like in the future for Microsoft. It could be a great acquisition, it could be a terrible blunder like Nokia. Yes, everybody remembers Nokia. Not very fun. All right, there's a birthday party in tech to celebrate. Happy birthday, Linux. Yay, happy birthday. Woo! If you're going, what's the, what's Linux? Well, my naive little techie, uh, Linux is kind of the forebear of a lot of other uh, operating systems. Um, it, is kind of, it is an open source one, so there are a lot of different uh, developers and programmers patching and doing a lot of things with Linux. And there's a couple little uh, tidbits of information for you. So during the period between uh, version 3.19 and 4.7 release, the kernel com uh, community was merging uh, changes at an average rate of 7.8 patches per hour. That's a little bit more than 7.71 patches per hour seen in the previous version of this report and the continuation of long-term trends towards higher patch volumes. So that's a lot. Uh, there's also been about 13,500 developers and uh, from 1,300 companies that have contributed to Kernel since the entire project went up on Git in 2005. Git is kind of a repository of different types of ways to, you know, help people code or to put your code onto there and people can download it and use it as well. Microsoft is showing uh, Linux some love as well as releasing code for Linux 2. Uh, and also, uh, it also uh, the OS also helps teach kids to program on the Raspberry Pi. And if you're wondering what Raspberry Pi is, Phi, excuse me, is a little computer that you can have kids build and it's pretty, it's relatively cheap, it's about $35 for it. And it's a great way for kids to understand uh, how a computer works, how to build a computer as well. Because I'm always saying that knowing how to build a computer is a really good idea. And it just, you know, gives them something to do, something a little techy, a little for the future, you know, giving them skills before they go into the workplace and have to find jobs and keep on getting rejected. Because that's always fun. Nope. Nope. Not fun at all. I'll tell you what. Um, but yes. Uh, it's been doing that. Also, Linux has been a part of a lot of other areas as well as, you know, gas stations. There's been Linux kernels into that as well. A lot of the Internet of Things, there's been a lot of kernels in that as well. So there's been a lot of different areas that Linux have been a part of. So it is a big part of the tech community and the tech history. So if you're wondering, yes, there are three major 
uh, operating systems for um, at least for desktops and computers. There's Apple, uh, as always, Microsoft or Windows, and Linux. That's the third one. Um, Linux did try to make an unsuccessful attempt to have a mobile OS, but just didn't really have traction, which is fair enough uh, because it's really difficult to do that nowadays. Just ask Microsoft. But it's awesome. It's 25 years old, and it's going to keep on growing, keep on getting better. Uh, you can get a kernel of it called Ubuntu, uh, which is pretty good. Uh, if you don't really want to use Microsoft or Apple, that's the best alternative. However, I will warn you, if you're not really that tech-savvy or don't really know much about it, I really wouldn't use it because it's not very good. It, well, it's not. Hold on. Let me take it back. It is a very good program. It's just if you don't know that and you don't know that there's a lot of um, extra things to do and a lot of programs aren't really uh, coded for it or specifically can run on it, then you're going to run into problems. Games have started to come out uh, for Linux a lot more than before, but still there's, it's, uh, there aren't as many as Windows. Windows is still the main uh, platform for PC gaming, the main platform, even though Steambox tried to help that, tried to change that, didn't really do much. All right, there's a new company that will hopefully replace those pesky key cards. Yes, you know the ones that you have to, you know, you know, have it have it like on a little leash, and you just. I used to just pull it up and down because you know I got bored and it's just wee wee. Uh, but you would swipe it just to get into a building, a secure building. Uh, so, what this does instead of actually using a whole new system, it uses your phone to do it. It's part of the Internet of Things, so which could be interesting to see that what Proxy does with that, and it would be nice because you wouldn't, if you are the type of company that actually does that, you wouldn't have to actually call the landlord to get a key card. It, I've been an employee of that, and it's just a hassle. Uh, so this one allows you to do that a lot easier because you can just give a guest pass to someone's phone, and then they can just use it until they're no longer a guest, and then you completely get rid of them forever and ever and ever and ever. But I do like where they're going with this. I do hope uh, more businesses sign up to this because this would just make it a lot easier instead of, well, using key cards. The only problem I have with LOT devices right now or Internet of Things is they aren't as secure as you would think they are. There's not a lot of security protocols built for LOT and there's been a lot of research and a lot of studies out there that says that it's really easy to hack them uh, but probably with your phone it's probably a lot more secure than maybe your smartwatch or your smart TV is don't don't ever get a smart TV until they figure out better security because those can be hacked so quickly um, Nest is also one that's easily hackable um, in like under 10 seconds or under 15 it was really short amount of time that they hacked it so be on the lookout of that now there's Android news and Yes, Android 7.0 or Nougat is finally out. Now, if you don't have, if, if you do have a Nexus phone, and I'm talking about the Nexus 6, 5X, 6P, 9, Nexus Player, and the Pixel C, you will actually get it pretty soon, really quick. If you don't, well, you'll have to hope that the company that you bought the phone from will actually do it, but don't count on it, and it will take a while, like six months or more. And, well, it's just one of those things that all the other companies that don't really have a vanilla Android, they take forever to update it. And it's awful when they do that. 
But here's some noticeable changes between 6 and 7 of Android. Uh, one is the notifications or the push notifications are a lot better and they're a lot more, uh, they have a lot more information and there's a lot more uses you can do out of it. The previous one or the one right now that most people, oh, no, no, it's not actually most people, but the 6, Android 6, uh, allows you to reply, but doesn't really give you as much information. I do like the uniformity of it, and I do like the better layout of it, so there's a new standard design in that as well. So it's a great thing. I like it. I like the look and feel of it. I, I like it a lot. Uh, so look out for that as well. You also will be able to uh, do split screens or two apps um, against each other. Now for the phones, I don't think it'll be do. I don't think it'll do that much, or really will be that. Uh, useful but what I do see this doing is for tablets and maybe for uh, Chromebooks if they actually have um, touchscreen enable uh, but mostly for tablets I see being able to you know look at more than one app and actually being a lot useful so the pixel dash C is a lot more useful because that's kind of like the Android for work uh, type of tablet slash computer um, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot more useful for that because right now oh before Android 7 it was kind of was it wasn't as good as it could be felt, and a lot of people felt like it was, and Google was holding it back but now it's not anymore another thing that you may not know about is um, the little square button uh, if you tap it twice, you can switch between apps that you've used, you've recently used, so you can switch back and forth quite easily, just double tapping on it. And that's on the right-hand side of it. It's the square button uh, on Android if you are wondering it, about it. So that is another one that is uh, interesting to see. Um, so you can easily switch back and forth with it. Another thing is for downloads. Now, a lot of times when you download a new Android app, uh, if you restarted your phone, it would say optimizing Android app. And it took a while to actually optimize this stupid thing. It took a long time sometimes. Uh, well, that has been done away because it will be actually doing it in the background as well. There's also a battery saver and, and a data saver option as well. So the Doze that was brought back in Marshmallow, this current version of it, um, is a lot better now. Now it's going to like kind of see when it's stationary and turn it off for you. Um, just to save a lot of battery life because, as most people know, <laughs> mobile phones have terrible battery life. I usually kill my batteries so quickly now. It's terrible. I always want to scream like, why can't you live longer? Dang it, live longer. But it never does. It never actually does. So that's a new thing for it as well. Also, the data saver will allow... Um, will basically allow for a certain amount, certain times for it to actually give you all the notifications or give you the updates or downloads or whatever so you won't be going over your data so much, which is another great thing because we have to, a lot of times we always have to watch out for our data because our data is, well, our data caps unfortunately. A lot of companies have overcharges because they want to take money from us. That's how they do it. Ha, ha, ha. There's also a thing for games. So if you love playing games on your phone, um, Google's new, using the new OpenGL standard called Vulkan. Vulkan is supposed to, is a lot better, a lot more user-friendly, and a lot more, um, uh, more energy efficient as well. Um, so you'll see a lot more of that. And you'll also Daydream. So, it'll be enabled. so with 7, you'll have Daydream enabled. And if you're wondering what Daydream is, that is 
is uh, Google VR project. So that is their VR project called Daydream, which should be interesting to see what they do with that as well. I am still on the fence with Daydream, but like I said before, it could have its uses. Now, for who uses what Android version uh, in the Android, you know, kind of community, only about 15% use Android 6.0. This is the version right now that has been released. Most use 4.4, which is KitKat, um, which is below, um, which is a, which the most, it's just under 30% of users still use it. And that's actually three generations behind, because you have five, and you have six, and then you have seven. So right now it's about three generations behind, and I mean this is just another thing of with the yearly releases of Android, you just almost have to always buy a phone every two years because you're missing out on all the year on all the new releases and the new features, and yeah, it gets it's a little mind numbing sometimes. Mind numbingly numb, mind numbingly numb. Take that to the bank and use it. It probably won't work. All right, there has been a lot more leaks about Google Allo. And you're wondering, what, what are, are they British now? No, silly. That is their new chat app. Uh, and it has some interesting things. Uh, one is you can actually search with Google Assistant. So you can search through uh, your messaging to actually find it instead of scrolling through and going, I hope it's here somewhere. Your God, please be here. Now, the thing is, is that uh, what they found in the beta right now is that there is no sync option. So if you uninstall it, you won't get it back. It's not tied to your account whatsoever. This could be due to security reasons. Uh, so there's always a give and take with all the fun features as well. And then uh, they've added disappearing messages. So like Snapchat in a way, this will be able to have uh, disappearing messages uh, through it as well. So it can disappear in five seconds, a minute, an hour, a week, whatever you want. It is the incognito mode. So if you're like, uh, I don't know, I don't want this to be there forever. So I'm going to do it this way. You can do it that way. There's also some stickers as well. They showed out Google I.O. some games you could play within it. There's also a search so you can search for different uh, reservations and stuff and try to, you know, get people to, you know, hang out with you. Uh, you can also use GIFs and annotate the GIFs as well, so it's easily shareable because right now most of the messaging services that Google has, there's not really that type of thing. So you have that as well. So you can GIF away. And also you can speak your messages. Apple has had this for a little while, and uh, with Allo, you can now do it as well, so you can actually say it. Now, with all these links coming out, it could Allo could be coming out pretty soon. Duo already came out, which is great, but I really want to get my hands on Allo because it's the most interesting one out of the two because it has the most feature-rich portions of it. Duo is awesome because it's super simple uh, video chat app. Uh, that has a really interesting feature called knock knock, but the beyond that it's almost like the same thing as everything else The only thing that differentiates it is knock knock, which if you're wondering why I'm saying knock knock I'm not actually trying to figure out a knock knock joke for you knock knock what it is is that when someone calls you It's like when they not when they knock at the door uh, You can you know see who it is first and then answer it if you want to just like that in the video chat, knock knock allows when someone calls you, you see kind of see a video of whoever's calling you, and you can say yes, I want to talk to them or no. Uh, so that's the thing. So 
People are speculating that it could come out tomorrow, or it could come out next week, or in week in the and maybe next month. No one really knows so far right now, but I really do want to get my hands on it, and I think this would probably could probably take over Messenger for what it is because I think this is more feature rich and this makes a lot more sense than having just Messenger. Messenger is great and all, but there's not a lot of features to it, and it doesn't seem like they've been really supporting it as much. Uh, so I could see this one taking over Messenger and then Hangouts going more to the Enterprise uh, route. And then you have Duo, and I think that's it for their Messenger. They, they have so many messages. Oh, Spaces. I don't know how well that's doing because I don't really use it as much. Now, I'm going to be talking about diversity. Now, the reason why I want to talk about this in tech is because everybody is talking about it. Oh, diversity. We need to show diversity. Diversity this. The problem is, is that when people talk about diversity, it's all about skin color. It's all about the sex, either male or female. Yes, there's only two sexes. Stop with the 50 million sexes. I'm tired of that. That's not even scientifically proven. It's just you wanting to be Z or whatever else. Uh, so the problem I have with this is that people care more about skin color and what gender you are. That's it. This is what diversity is. This is what the diversity that people are always championing for. for. I really champ uh, champion for diversity of thought. Now, the difference between the two is that I care what you say, what you think, more than I care about your age, gender, or uh, race, because that shouldn't matter as much as how you think, how you uh, fix a problem, how you look at a problem, how you treat people is far more important than are you white, are you a woman? My problem is with the hiring practices, if we all care about the quota, well, people are going to hire the quota and not hire the best person. And that's always the main argument for this. Are you hiring the best person or are you hiring for a quota? Because hiring for a quota never really works out because then you see a lot of, well, a lot of people being let go because of a quota. Never hire for a quota. Quota. Yes, try to hire different diverse people that not, not only look differently from you, but also think differently from you. I know, amazing, right? People that think differently from you, that's weird. But that's my most important thing. When You always need to find people that are thinking differently from you. Why? Because that makes your company a better place to be at. If you have many different people that have different thoughts, you get many different perspectives in one meeting, as long as they actually talk in the meeting, that's another problem, then having the same thought as everybody else, having the same uh, same thought process in some ways. I mean, everybody thinks a little bit differently, but if you're usually in the, in the common goal of we all think the same, you're going to get, you're not really going to get a diverse uh, feedback. Um, so why people... Uh, usually argue about diversity of thought is because it's far more important than, well, diversity in general. Yes, you should have a diverse uh, workforce. However, that shouldn't trump the, diver the diversity of thought. Diversity of thought is always a better option. Always. Always. 
Uh, also, the problem is with diversity in general is that people that think this way always think there's this there is an exact same number of different genders and different uh, ethnicities in this particular country. Like for example, there's a higher uh, there's disproportion of black people and white people in American society. Black people are people of color or color of people, whatever you like to call yourself, whatever. Uh, there's about 18% of the population is of African-American descent or just black people in general. And for white people, it is about 46, I think, percent. Uh, so that's another thing. So you have this just different different types of proportions so the diversity argument is a little bit more difficult because then you have to actually look at population sizes and see like okay how much should our workforce actually be so it's not actually a lot more work that way now they won't ever tell you this because they don't want to tell you this because if they tell you this then it's not really going to be equality because they always go under the branch of equality what I say true tech people care about, or actually people that love tech so much. I don't care what gender you are. I don't care what race you are. To be honest, it doesn't really matter to me. What matters to me is, well, once again, what you think, what you code, what you say about tech. Are you really passionate about it, or is this just a job for you? Another job for you. I will talk to anybody that loves to talk about tech. I will talk to you for hours, disagree with you, argue with you, and be your best friend all at the same time because I can distinguish between thought and person. Uh, but that's what we should care about the most. Hardworking and thought. The rest of it should come, should all come naturally into place. Now, should we be encouraging people to, you know, learn about tech? Of course. Should we only focus on one aspect of our culture, like females over males? No. We should be doing it equally because everybody talks about equal and never really I never see the equality. So we should be going after both both of them at equal passion or equal equal intensity than just doing one over the other. I get that guys more likely will go into new territories because of biology. Yes, ladies, it is because of biology, uh, because of testosterone, all, all this other stuff. So you will see more, you've seen more men in tech because men have gone into it and done a lot of things with it, and women haven't done as much, but are equally as important in it, because there are a lot of women that have done a lot of great things in tech. Don't get me wrong. Uh, you know what I mean? Even the new movie that's coming out about NASA and some women mathematicians. I mean, that's awesome. Uh, didn't really know much about that, but it's great that their, their stories are finally being told. Uh, but like I said before, majority of the time, it's mostly men because men are the ones that kind of just, you know, strike out and figure it out most of the time. A lot of times, and this is a little bit anecdotal, but also you can kind of see it just by looking at it. Women will follow what men have done, which is not a bad thing. I mean, this is just the diversity of genders. If anybody ever tells you that men and women are the same, no, you're not. We're not. That's just, that's, that's fact. We're not the same. Men are m more likely to be stronger than women, and women, well, they're the ones that birth the children. Uh, women live longer than men, usually, uh, and all this other stuff as well. So... What I'm saying is, 
We need to care about diversity, but we need to care about the right diversity. The right diversity is not a quota of do you have enough uh, people of Asian descent, you have enough people that are black or people of color or color of people or whatever you call it. Do you have enough white? Well, not really because white people are evil. Uh, but do you have enough women? How much women do you have in your board? And what, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This is not going to help us as much as do we have the right people that think the right way in our business to help us succeed no matter what the race, ethnicity, religion, whatever else, uh, do they have the common goal but think differently than us? Because uh, you can have a, you can all have a common goal to making the company better but still think differently about it. That's what I want to see. That's what I care about the most. And a lot of other people probably agree with me and a lot of you probably disagree with me. But that's the great thing about, you know, Thoughts, ideas, you can always disagree and always challenge them. All right, now going on to things you should try out this week. Soundbite is like Anchor because basically auto, audio blogging. You wonder what audio blogging is? It's basically kind of like blogging, but you use your voice instead of writing the words down because the words. Uh, but no, it's a it's a pretty user-friendly one. Now, it's only for iOS, so mind that. But you can get the app. Uh, there's some features like it's they, they say it's user-friendly design you can connect with friends you can uh, comment and share other bytes because they're calling it bytes instead of waves like anchor does uh, you can also do rapid biter which basically me means that it will play audio non-stop for you yay non-stop audio all the time uh, but it's super easy, super simple to figure out nice clean inter interface as well there are also different types of channels animals art comedy diy family and probably more out there so give it a try i put it in the show notes so you don't have to go hunting for it yay did you ever want to learn a new language well ddict uh will allow you to learn the language on twitter that's right it will source through different tweets to help you learn different types of languages now the app is on android and ios so go ahead and learn a new language. There are other ways to do it as well, but this could be interesting for one for you as well. Now, are you a teenager or are you a parent of a teenager? Well, Facebook brought out last week Live Stage, and it's basically a way for teenagers to turn videos into cool things. Um, you can like, dislike different things, uh, but the only this is really only for teenagers. Um, so if you want to try it out, go ahead. I have my doubts about it, especially the compromising and age range of it. Uh, but parents can look at it and block or deny people as well. So it's interesting. All right, and there's another one that lets you record and your screen and voice. So if you're ever doing something like a tutorial, this is a good one for you. It's called Hi-Fi. It is a Google Chrome extension, and you can use it when you want to, there's a price for it as well. The pricing is, there's a free account. It's for personal use and there's a $5 a month and there's taxes as well for optimized for teams. Um, you can share this stuff through HipChat and Slack. There's four minutes recording time, copy and paste links, single tab, browser recording, unlimited shares and unlimited videos. Uh, for the $5 a month, there's unlimited videos, unlimited shares, full desktop recording, 30 minute recording time, copy and paste links, Share to HipChat and Slack and share directly to JIRA. Uh, so check it out. I think it's interesting, especially if you're doing a lot of tutorials. 
uh, for like different types of tech stuff. This could be an easy way of doing it while doing video plus recording what people need to do in little bite size uh, amounts. And that is Digital Coffee for today. I'm glad that you enjoyed it. And please uh, subscribe to Digital Coffee on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, and TuneIn as well. Also follow Digital Coffee on Twitter, DigitalCO77EE, Facebook Digital Coffee Podcast, Instagram Digital Coffee Podcast, Google Plus Digital Coffee Podcast, YouTube Digital Coffee Podcast, and VinyDigital.coffee. And if you like these podcast please consider supporting me on patreon and digital coffee all right join me on wednesday when i talk about marketing news and marketing blend all right guys have a good day and see you on wednesday later